Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, thought leaders from across the country and across the world. I have an awesome guest today coming to us from Kie, Maui, Hawaii, in quarantine or just out of quarantine, Mr. Ryan Murdoch from Bigger Pockets. And Ryan has an awesome story to tell. I'm going to let him tell us why he is awesome and why you should spend the next 20 to 25 minutes learning from us today. Mr. Ryan Murdoch. Hey, good morning, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I am fresh out of quarantine is right. So I just did a 14 day stint because I went back to the mainland, but I'm here now. I'm free again and uh, running around the island like a lunatic uh, enjoying my freedom. So uh, I love it. Well, I know everyone's envious of you. So let's not talk anymore about Hawaii. Let's talk about where you came from to get to where you are today. You sound like you're a lot like me, serial entrepreneur. You've been through a lot of different things and ups and downs. And now um, you have a really neat story about what you're doing today. But let's take us back maybe for 60 seconds. Where are you coming from to give you all the expertise that you have now to share with our audience? You got it. Yeah, I got my start in real estate around 2007. I was in electronics manufacturing for about a decade. And when that kind of came to an end, I decided I wanted to do something different. I wanted some financial freedom. I wanted to get out of the kind of nine to five rat race. Uh, I started buying real estate and really just didn't have any idea what I was doing. Just kind of cobbled together some properties. I bought a duplex and lived in one side, rented out the other and slowly but steadily built out a small multifamily portfolio. Around the same time, I also got my real estate agent license. Uh, and my, my goal there was not to represent buyers and sellers. It was really just as a way to set up my own showings and write my own offers and, and go after properties. Like 2008, there were a lot of foreclosures that were popping up and a lot of good deals out there. But a lot of those deals, if you didn't have them under contract within a couple hours, they were gone. So I really needed to cut out that agent that... And, and, you know, keep in mind, too, and I, and I totally get it now as being an agent, it was tough to motivate an agent to, to get off the couch on a Saturday afternoon and go show me a $30,000 foreclosure, because even if everything went smooth and I closed, which rare, rarely happened, right. there's no money in it for these people. Right. So let me get let me get my license so I can do my own stuff. Uh, what city I, that, was that in? I was in Bangor, Maine. That's where I'm, okay. I'm, I'm born and raised in Maine, lived there on and off. Like most of my life, I've traveled a lot, but uh, cool. Bangor, Maine is where I've been up until about two years ago before cool. I moved out to we did We did an East Coast road trip last year for three weeks and Maine was one of our destinations from Omaha, Nebraska. Wow, it's so all, it's quite the yeah. drive. Yeah. But it was beautiful, yeah, no. so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so uh, no, so so that's good. And then around the same time, I, I also started a property management company. Uh, I had a small, you know, like I said, a small portfolio of multifamilies and figured if, if I'm, you know, quote unquote, married to these things, and I've got to be available and have systems in place to deal with any catastrophes that happen, uh, you know, day or night, then I might as well start managing p- uh, properties for other people and plug them into my system. And it was just another way to, to generate revenue. I mean, when you're starting yeah. out as an agent, uh, especially when I started out, I didn't really have any money to speak yep. of. So it was like, I want to buy properties, but you can't, you know, just, you know, just flip a switch and you're an up and running, like, self-sufficient right. real estate investor that, that right. comes over time. So uh, the, between that and the property management business and then uh, representing buyers and sellers uh, in my, my real estate company, which I hadn't intended to do, but that's the way it played out. It was just a, a good income stream. Uh, yep. All those things together 
uh, got me to the point where, you know, 10 years later, uh, I had enough, I had a large enough portfolio of my own where I could pretty much let off the gas on the property management, uh, back off, or at least be way more selective on my buyer and seller clients. And uh, then I started doing some consulting and, and, and just had a lot more, more time on my hands. So sure. that, that allowed me two years ago to move out to Maui. Uh, I got connected with uh, Brandon Turner from, from Bigger Pockets, uh, moved out to Maui, real long story short, moved out to Maui. Uh, to live here and work a little bit with some bigger pocket stuff that he was doing, but more so to, to start Open Door Capital, which is Brandon's uh, mobile home park acquisition and, and operations company. So we really got that thing. We put a lot of focus into it starting about a year and a half ago, and uh, we're on track for roughly 50 million in acquisitions by the end of this year. So uh, in that very short period of time, we've, we've, we've got some great properties that we purchased. We built out an absolutely outstanding team of, of eight or nine people to which there's no way either of us could have done what we've done today without mm -hmm. our team members. And I still- Out I of like curiosity, yep. just because a lot of agents here numbers getting thrown around 50 yep. million is the dollar amount these guys have deployed in real estate when we say we did 50 million that might have been a couple hundred sales we did 50 million we're talking you guys spent or use bank money leveraging yeah that's the portfolio size 50 yeah, million dollars so about yeah. how many poor about how many projects was that about how many um, so trailer parks yeah we've closed i said we're on track we've closed on about uh 15, one, 5 million. So th as I sit okay. here right now, and we've got another 30 ish, 35 million uh, under contract. So the chances are that some of those will fall out, but I'm confident yeah. we'll, we'll plug in. What's the more. average? So like with our acquisition business in Omaha, we're buying about 10 units a month. Yeah. Um, they're about hundred to $150,000 units. So a million, million and a half a month in yeah. acquisitions. And we hold about a fourth of those and then sell off the others in a myriad of ways on sure. your pro your parks. I'm assuming your average park is what one to three, one to 5 million in acquisition costs. Yeah, I have so no we, idea. I don't know anything yeah, about trailer parks. Back back in the envelope, you know, for buying a ten million dollar park, well, we, we we figure we need to raise between thirty and forty percent of the purchase price for every acquisition. So if it's okay. a ten million dollar deal, we know we're probably going to have to raise just shy of four million, and that right. obviously is the you know the, the down payment, and then of course the reserves and, and all this, the the working capital and everything that goes into it. Um, a lot of times, it's more money. The heavier turnaround project it is the more money we need to raise for infill and improvements and repaving mm -hmm. the roads and, and addressing mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. If it's more of a turnkey project, uh, obviously there still needs to be a good reserve budget and, and working capital, but the, the, the overall, you know, the, the, the lift is a lot, lot lighter. So, sure. uh, but yeah, typically 30, 30 to 40% of actual cash need. And we're doing that through, uh, we just closed out our second fund. So the first fund we raised uh, 5 million in investor capital. Second fund we raised uh, just shy of 11 million and we're about ready to kick off fund three. Uh, which we expect to raise 10 to 15 million because we already have uh, parks under contract yep. that are going to go into that fund. Yep. And as each portfolio performs, more and more people are interested in playing in the game. So you guys, yep. Ryan Murdoch started off in technology, uh, decides to get a license just because la agents were lazy in 2008 and didn't want to respond to his $30,000 purchases. And in that process, you probably served as some buyers and some sellers and made ends meet by starting a property management company while doing some acquisitions, while representing some traditional buyers and sellers. And it's turned into this. He's now in Maui and talking really big picture um, about a lot of these amazing projects that they're working on. So the sky's the limit for wherever, any, wherever you want to go as you listen to this. And what I found is like, a lot of people want to compare themselves to you or the bigger pockets people or Jeff Cohn or Gary Keller or whatever. All that matters is that each and each of us every single day try to become a better version of ourselves. 
You don't have to get to where someone else is. Just get to the best place for you to get to. And everybody has their own goals and their own vision, and that's fine. So I would love for today, as our audience members have listened to this, I don't think a lot of my audience has hundreds and hundreds of rentals. Um, a lot of people are talking about storage units, multifamily, new construction developments, single family, duplexes, Airbnb. There's so many options. And I don't know that one option is right over another. But what I do know, and I'd love your opinion, Ryan, on this, and this is where I'm going with the question is, COVID has obviously had an impact. We have yet to see the reaction to the economy from COVID. We talked offline a little bit about the impact it might have on Airbnbs, especially in areas like Hawaii, where they literally have shut down the Airbnb markets. Where do you think COVID, and I know you guys are talking about this, it's all speculation, so this is more for fun, but where do you think COVID takes us in the acquisition business? Yeah, I hate looking into a crystal ball because mine is not really that good. And I think anybody that thinks they've got it dialed in on what's going to happen is, is, is purely guessing. But I think if nothing else, there are going to be some fantastic buying opportunities out there. And I don't know exactly when that's going to be. Obviously, yeah. it's too soon to see that yet. Um, you know, like you had mentioned, the Airbnb business here in Maui, uh, there's been a lot of free money kind of floating around out there in, in various forms. So people are still riding that wave. But, it, you know, if and when that shuts off, that's, I think, when reality is going to set in. So you're going to yeah. see people that, that are not able to hang on to their properties, whether they're yeah. short-term rentals and uh, that that part of the business, like here in Hawaii, has been shut down. So they have zero revenue from these things or any, I mean, there's any, there's a million different scenarios why somebody yeah. get into a financial bind and, and lose their, lose their property. But, yeah. uh, you know, I was around in 2007, 2008 when the sky was falling and there were tremendous buying opportunities. Then yeah. looking back, I wish I had taken better advantage and I was still pretty aggressive. I just, you know, I didn't have any capital. I didn't have any money. So it was really hard to, 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 to tackle some of these things. And, and, and looking back, I, sh I should have partnered and, or should have aligned myself with, with people that had money. And, and, yep. and, you know, I could have done more hustling and more kind of boots on the ground stuff. So I think, uh, you know, regardless of the cause, there's going to be similar opportunities there, not only for, I mean, real estate rental portfolio stuff, certainly, but I think also if, you know, if you want to get into businesses, I think there's going to be a, a lot of business opportunity where if you want to, you know, there's, there's a lot of businesses that are suffering, whether it's, you know, food and beverage or, or service industry type stuff. Like if, if you're at all inclined to want to pick up the pieces of that, maybe put some, some new and some better debt terms on it, kind of start yep. with a clean slate. There's, there's going to be all kinds of opportunities for whatever, you know, whatever scratches your entrepreneurial itch, yeah. there, there's going to be opportunity there. So, you yeah. know, when, well, I, I just heard locally, I, there's a pizza hut that had three, there's somebody that owns supposedly 300 pizza huts um, in the pizza hut franchise in the Midwest. Yep. And they just went belly up and it yep. just surprised me. I'm like, even with COVID, I thought a lot of people are getting pizza to go. Pizza, like you yeah. couldn't survive yeah. with that, but they were yeah. over leveraged. So I love your advice. Yeah. And as people listen to this, I have said from the beginning, everyone needs to stop being a real estate agent. You need to stop having a job. You need to build businesses that can grow without you that generate residual income. And I have a big fear for the traditional realtor that thinks they're going to go list a house and make 7% and they're not going to work at all and not respond to people's needs. And th those agents, in my opinion, are done. It's yeah. agents will still be necessary, but only yeah. the good will still, will yep. stand and the bad will go, which is great for the industry. Um, yeah, I love you your, saw, your sense. You saw, you saw in 2008 too, same thing, where a lot of yep. people were just, you know, there were a lot of part-time agents that were making a lot of money without having to exert a lot of effort. And then they the market gone. crashed and they got weeded yeah. out almost overnight. They were gone. Yeah. And all They're that was gone. left were, were the scrappy, you know, hardworking agents. And I yeah. think that's what it takes, especially for a new agent starting out. Um, yeah. if, if you're going to make it your, your, you know, your primary source of income and you don't have any other income really to survive on, you need to make 
being a real estate agent work like this, like, oh, I can pick my own hours. And, right, right. You know, do, do part time. That, that doesn't work, man. Like if you're yeah. going to build your clientele, you need to be the person that always answers their phone, that is available right. nights, weekends, the whole nine yards. Like you got to put a lot of time and, and effort into it. And what always amazes me when I look at when I look at other agents is how I don't know what the percentage is, but such a, a small percentage of them actually invest in real estate. Oh, like, yeah. It's almost like it's, it's a whole different mentality, right? Like I bet it's you know, less than one percent. Yeah, which is which to me just seems criminal it's because insane. there's there's so many good opportunities. I don't know how many properties I bought personally that maybe I had shown a buyer and the buyer didn't like it, and I'm like, man, this is a pretty good deal. I'm gonna, you know, just by default, <laughs> like I'm looking at all the properties in my market right. because I'm I'm showing them, and right. and even for an agent, and I know it's a whole different mindset. Like it's a, it's a real estate agent and a real estate investor slash property manager are not always the same thing. You can be a great agent, right. maybe a terrible property manager, and that's okay yeah. because you you can find the right deal that will afford you the luxury of, of hiring third property, uh, third party property management. So you're not mm -hmm. there like plunging the toilets. If you buy the deal right, you can have it managed essentially hands off and still right. build your portfolio. Yeah. Even if you're not cash flowing a ton of money and you still need to like sell houses and list houses for yeah. income, like even if that property is just paying for itself, you're paying down the debt, you know, even if you're throwing a hundred or 200 bucks a month into it, like you, you're, you're acquiring this asset yeah. over a period of time. And there's just so many people that just, 100%. I think the biggest thing, and we talked offline about this a little bit, Ryan, was typically if you have an investment arm or an investment wheel, I should say acquisition business that buys investment property, you should also offer traditional real estate services because you're going to come across 80% of your deals that want to sell a market and you're going to refer them off to someone or take them in-house. Yeah. In My argument would be take it in-house. And the same is it true, instead of in representing investors, no offense, investors listening. Stop yeah. representing the investors. Take those deals yourself, agents. You you understand the market better than anyone. You're showing and selling and you're out and about. And I yeah. think a lot of people just don't know how to do it. So where would be maybe the top two or three sources for somebody that wants to get started? Obviously, Bigger Pockets is one of the top, if not the top podcast out there talking about investing. Where would be two or three other places, maybe a book recommendation or a podcast rep recommendation? Yeah, it really depends on the niche that you want to get into. So bigger pockets is just that's the hands down my always was my go to source. I mean, if you went through and you listen to every single bigger pockets podcast episode, and there's almost 400 of them now, I think, if you listen to all those, it would take you some time, but you would know more than probably 99% of the investors running around out there. And it's just so such a broad range. So yep. depending on what you want to do, if you want to do, you know, small multifamily uh, hands-on management. I mean, Brandon's got a great book about uh, man managing rental properties. If you don't want to do that, maybe you want to do some more passive, uh, you know, either investing in other people's syndication deals or funds. I mean, that that's always an avenue, especially if, if people have, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there with, with, with good incomes. They have good W-2 jobs. Uh, maybe they're doing real estate on the side a little bit, but they're, they're making good income from somewhere. So it doesn't make sense for them to just kind of scrap all that and go hands-on investing. Invest in somebody else's deal. There's somebody out there hustling that's found a great deal on a property that doesn't have money. Maybe you have some money you can invest in there for, for a solid return and, and relatively passive. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's books on uh, uh, note investing and, you know, it just, it really depends on, on what it is that you like to do. And that's yep. the great thing about real estate is there's just so many avenues you can go that you've got to find something that, you know, number yep. one that you, you think you can make money at and do well with, but number two that you enjoy so that like, you know, you get out of bed yep. every day, you're fired up to, to go tackle the day. And that's, yep. that's not always the case I, if you don't like it. I know 100% everyone listening that has done more than 100 transactions comes across the deal. It could be every quarter or every year that they say, if I had 150,000, I would buy this property. I think yep. the number one step is have the funds. Know that you could leverage your house or borrow money from Uncle Buck or somebody out there is willing to fund the deal so that you're yep. not gonna have to walk away from potential 20, 30, 40,000. And I'd also yep. say, just do it. Do one, yep. do five 
five, do 10, and that will help you build the confidence and or go partner someone like Ryan in your marketplace. Yep. And yep. that's how and I built my arm. I just had an investor partner. Yep. And once you find that niche, there, there's a podcast for that niche. I guarantee it. Like there's yep. probably five of them. Like to go find that niche. There's a Facebook page for that niche. There's books for that niche. Like yep. there's no shortage of information right now, which is phenomenal. And I know when I got started, and I'm talking like I'm an old man and, and I respect the guys that started like even way before we did that yeah. like there was, there wasn't all these podcasts and there was some stuff online, but not, not like there is not, today. So, yep. but like today, I mean, it, to, to use lack of, of information or resources as yep. an excuse not to do something. is Well, people will say there's just too much. Well, there's not too much. Just take the time. And I know I love the adage I'll share here on the show. The difference between Ryan and I are the people we meet, the books that we read, the podcasts we listen to. And I'll say the deals we've done. And that's really, yeah. truly the difference between anyone listening. You're like, oh, Ryan's so far ahead. I'll never get there. Or Jeff Cohn's and all these things. I'll never get there. That's not true. You could go way. You should. I, let me put this out there. Everyone listening should go way further than we've ever gone because I never got to listen to this podcast. This right. type of a podcast that we're recording right now. And I do believe, just like you said, I got licensed in 06. 2007 was my first year selling as a traditional agent. My grandma cried when I told her I was getting into real estate because the market was so horrible and it just got worse and worse and worse. But my business grew because I yep. was doing the things no one else was willing to do. So no, in the beginning, you can do it all. You should do it all and figure out what your niche is, like what you're suggesting. Um, I do want to give an invite. We are hosting a workshop in person, not virtual physical in person we're going to adhere to all of the COVID-19 requirements in our city Omaha Nebraska it's the end of September if anyone wants to go to a physical event and actually be with humans in person we will require masks we will require social distancing but we think we can host about 50 people in our new state-of-the-art uh, office it, um, we literally just moved in last week it's a 10,000 square foot campus that has ancillary businesses KW Elite is our brokerage that's going to be there and we teach an all-day event on how to invest in real estate how to build a portfolio to over 100 doors worth 10 million dollars which is what we've done in the last three years and then the second day is a team building slash brokerage building workshop on how to generate leads create culture of success hold people accountable, um, use the right systems and software. If you want more information about that, go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com and click on events. Also, give Ryan a shout out on Facebook. Uh, Ryan, what's the best way to get in touch with you on Instagram or Facebook? Yeah, probably Instagram at Ryan.Murdoch21 uh, on, on Instagram. I'm on Facebook too. I'm also on the Bigger Pockets forums quite a bit, so you can find me on there. Uh, the other thing I want to hit on real quick is we are uh, currently in heavy acquisition mode for these mobile home parks. We have a website. It's called bringbrandonadeal.com, bringbrandonadeal.com, and we are offering a $100,000 finder's fee to anybody that brings us a off-market mobile home park lead that we that we close on. And we've got some criteria. We're typically targeting uh, parks that are 100 lots and larger, and we want public utilities. Um, and there's some other things that we, that we kind of get into the weeds on during due diligence, but those are the main criteria. 100 lots, public water, public sewer. All we need from you is a warm introduction. So it's not like, you know, it's not a wholesale situation where you need to put it under contract and you're flipping the contract to us. It just needs to be either a, a, a phone call or an email introduction. You have some sort of relationship with the seller you introduce us if we if we close on that park we'll write you a check for 100 grand there you go guys hundred thousand dollars i should have had a pre-negotiated deal where i kept 50 if you quote that you heard this on a team building podcast <laughs> we'll talk afterwards man we'll talk afterwards. i didn't even bring that up um but that's I'll, a real I'll deal write you a check for 100 grand too, i know you would them. depending on the margin so this is the thing that people don't believe i paid those types i don't pay hundred thousand but i paid ten thousand twenty thousand thirty thousand all day long, and I would still all day long in Omaha, Nebraska, if the property meets our avatar. No one believes it. They're like, you're not going to really pay. Yeah, we will. You find us a deal, we'll write a check all day long. So Ryan's 100% being honest. No reason he wouldn't pay the 100 if the numbers work. It makes total sense. So yep. one more time, how does somebody find you if they do have a deal and they want to send it over to you today? 
bringbrandonadeal.com. Okay, perfect. Um, we are also working on getting to over a thousand likes on iTunes. So please, if you are using iTunes right now, go into the app, scroll to the bottom where you see the reviews, give us five stars, give Ryan a shout out for all the massive value that he was able to bring to us today. Help us get to over a thousand. We also record all of these. So if you wanted to see Brian's face and mine, my bald head, um, you can go out to YouTube channel and watch these recordings. I know a lot of people listen in the car while they're uh, working out or whatever, and they don't want to actually see the video, but there is a video. You can also find all of our podcast episodes at EliteRealEstateSystems.com under the podcast link. Ryan, this was awesome. Thank you so much. I know we have so much more we'll get into, and we'd love to have you on the show again sometime in the future. All right, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Enjoy Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah.